Jai Guru Dev, Guru Dev, Guru 
Saraswatim Vyasam Tato Jaya Mudirayat Nasta Prayeshu Abhadreshu Nityang Bhagavata Sevaya Bhagavati Uttamashloke Bhaktir Bhavati Naishtaki. Before we start in Srimad Bhagavatam, we should first offer our respectful obeisances unto the personality of Godhead Narayana, unto Nara Narayan Rishi, the supermost human being, unto Mother Saraswati, the goddess of learning, and unto Srila Vyasa Devi, the author. By regular attendance on classes of Srimad Bhagavatam, by rendering service unto the pure devotee, all that is troublesome to the heart is thus practically destroyed, and Loving service unto the glorious Lord becomes established, is an, who is glorified by transcendental hymns, is established as an irrevocable fact. Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam. Canto 1, chapter 6 still. And what's the verse number? I didn't know I was going to give class, so I didn't prepare. Forgive me for that. Please repeat. Sahasra Yuga Paryante Uthayedam Shishrikshataha Marichi Mishra Rishaya Pranebyo Aham Cha Jagnire Sahasra Juga Paryante Uthaye Dangsisrikshataha Marichi Mishrarishaya Pranebhyo hamcha jagnire Sahasra juga paryante Uthaye dang sisrikshata Marichi mishra rishaya Pranebhyo hamsa judge nire.
Marichi Mishra Rishaya Pranebyo Hamsa Jajdire Please repeat Sahasra one thousand Yuga four million three hundred thousand years Paryante at the end of the duration. Utaya, having expired. Idam, this. Sisrikshataha, desired to create again. Marichi Mishraha, rishis like Marichi. Rishayaha, all the rishis. Yeah, all the rishis. Pranebiha, out of his senses. Aham, I, cha. Also, jagnire, appeared. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, Srila Prabhupada. Please repeat. After 4,300,000,000 solar years, when Brahma awoke to create again, by the will of the Lord, all the rishis like Marichi, Angira, Atri, and so on, were created from the transcendental body of the Lord. And I also appeared along with them. After 4,300,000,000 solar years, when Brahma awoke to create again by the will of the Lord, all the rishis, like Marichi, Angira, Atri, and so on, were created from the transcendental body of the Lord. I also appeared along with them. Purport. <coughs> the duration of a day in the life of Brahma is 4,320,000,000 solar years. This is stated also in the Bhagavad Gita. So, for this period, Brahmaji rests in Yoga Nidra within the body of the Garbhadakshayi Vishnu, the generator of Brahma. Thus, after the sleeping period of Brahma, when there is again creation by the will of the Lord, through the agency of Brahma, all the great rishis again appear from different parts of the transcendental body, and Narada also appears. This means that Narada appears in the same transcendental body just as a man 
awakes from sleep in the same body. Sri Narada is eternally free to move in all parts of the transcendental and material creations of the Almighty. He appears and disappears in his own transcendental body, which is without distinction of body and soul, unlike conditioned beings. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prishtaya Bhutale Srimate Bhaktivedanta Swamin Itinamane Namaste Saraswati Devam Gauravani Prachanane Nirvishesha Shunyavani Paschata Desatani Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Garad Harshivasari Gaurabhaktavina Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So this is the process described of the creation and dissolution. There's a small dissolution at this time when Brahma's day is over. Uh, I'm not sure if this is 24 hours or not of Brahma or if it's sorry I can't remember 4 billion 320 million solar years that's one day right I was trying to fool around and do some calculations a while back and one second of Lord Brahma is like 32 of our lifetimes or something like that Something crazy like that. <clears throat> so the Bhagavad Gita <clears throat> also confirms this. So the Srimad Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita are the only literatures which, in literatures written by Vyasa, are the only literatures which give us an actual clue of what the creation of this material world is like. An actual, not clue, but actual description. They were there at the time. They are continually there at the time. Narada Muni's been there every day of Brahma, and he's coming in and going out. So these are facts of the creation of the universe. The, the atheistic scientists, the speculative scientists, they try and figure it all out by shooting lights out and by shooting sound out and just speculating how long they think the duration of the universe is, how long, how far away they think everything is. And sometimes they, you know, they come up with something that goes along with the Vedic conclusion. But we're very tiny, insignificant, little tiny human beings here on earth. And in order to try and control society, we come up with all these big 
speculative theories which we pass off as fact to make everybody feel like we have some control over what's going on, that we know what's going on. But here actually we get the facts straight out of the Bhagavatam uh, from persons that are trustworthy. If you look into the life of the educators and the politicians, you'll, you'll note that possibly these people are doing their jobs for the money. And not just for the sake of knowledge. Some people may do it just for the sake of knowledge, like students. To get a good grade, they do a lot of research and try and figure out certain things. And to get a good job, they may do some research and figure out some things. But here, the big picture is being shown. That the creation... Things get withdrawn within the body of the Lord at the end of a day in the life of Brahma. And the living entities stay asleep. Of course, Brahma is described in the sages called Yoga Nidra. They're not in Maya, they're not in the illusion, they're, they're in some kind of special meditation. And they're still doing service even though physically they may be withdrawn within the Lord. Within their hearts they're doing service. They're eternal servants of the Lord, so there's some dimension there that they're all absorbed in their service, even in their yoga nidra. So the great rishis also appear from the body of the Lord, Narada Muni and all these other rishis. So why... Why do all the rishis appear? Because there's a need of transcendental knowledge in this dark universe, which is full of ignorance, hate, lust, greed, envy. You name it, all the bad qualities are here in great abundance. Right? So the great rishis, they come. Have a good day. The great rishis, they come out for the purpose of enlightening and leading other persons who are trying to follow in their footsteps. This is necessary. So the Guru Parampara is created from the Lord just for this purpose, just for the purpose of giving association, giving transcendental knowledge, so that we have a chance to try and rectify ourselves, like the last few purports that's described that we're in probation, probationary stage. We're trying to become devotees. We're like on probation out of the jail. We're trying to follow the instructions of our spiritual masters in some way be connected. Um, this is very necessary because actually the material creation is of no use to the Lord at all. He does it just to give shelter to the 
living entities who have rejected his their relationship with him and forgotten. So what is Krishna doing? We see the beautiful pictures. Krishna's doing rasa dance. He's lifting Govardhan Hill. He's taking care of the cows. He's stealing a whole bunch of butter and all kinds of sweets and stuff, feeding his little buddies. They're all they're all robbing house to house, stealing the butter and milk and yogurt from all the gopis. <laughs> it's a whole amazing transcendental rasa taking prasadam with all of his friends and the cows and dancing and singing and enjoying eternal relationships in Goloka Vrindavan. What need does he have of this horrible place where people are trying to be God themselves for a few days? Prabhupada says, like a fish out of water flaps. He says, we're flapping for a few days here in this lifetime. Trying to be God. So Narada Muni is so wonderful um, that actually, as it's described here, his body is completely transcendental, which is without distinction of body and soul. It's inconceivable. How can we ever understand that? Because we're in these bodies, and we think we're these bodies. We think that we're the self and we're the body at the same time. When actually we're not, this body isn't ourself. We're just in some machine. We're like a. The body is described as being dead matter, even. But because we are inside the body giving it life, therefore the functions are going on. So when Krishna descends, also Brahma and all the different sages, Narada Muni. When Krishna descends, he doesn't come in a mundane body. He comes in his original transcendental form. What is that verse? Ajo pisan avyayatma bhutanam ishvaro pisan prakritim swamadhistaya sambhavami amamaya in the fourth chapter of the Gita describes Krishna comes in his original transcendental form every millennium. And all of his associates come in their translatal forms also. It's described in the 10th canto that Vasudeva and Devaki's bodies aren't material. Neither is Mother Yasoda and Nandamaras' bodies. And the, uh, the gopis and all the eternal associates that come with Krishna, they don't, they don't need to take on a material body. Why would they want to have a material body? He, he's, he wants to show everybody what's really going on, what's reality, that we're actually enjoying life 20, all the time. There's no time even. We're just enjoying different relationships, loving relationships. And that's all that's going on is enjoyment of these ecstatic, amazing, loving relationships. But we're here struggling, not enjoying so Krishna comes and Krishna creates this whole scene just for us. But he comes in, he sent, he comes in the form of these rishis and Narada Muni, empowered servants and all these different amazing divine personalities and to shake us up a little bit here in the material world. So this is a shake up right here. After four billion, three hundred million solar years, that's Brahma's one day. That's a shake-up. What are we, you know, we're like, I'm old, I'm 64. 
Ha ha. This is one day. I can live 24 hours. Brahma lives 4,300,000,000 days per, per, you know, per day. It's like, you know. But we want to believe the scientists. Oh, this couldn't happen. Oh, there's no God. Oh, it happened like this and like that, as if they were there when it happened. It's presenting all these theories as facts. Prabhupada tried to shake up and tried to tried to challenge the modern scientists. He created the Bhaktivedanta Institute of PhD disciples who were able to speak on the same level as these people and to have conferences and to write books and to try to establish the version of Srimad Bhagavatam and the Vedas versus the speculative uh, you know things that were that were being shoved down our throats as being truth when actually there is God and there is a creation and there is a, there is a process of how all this is going but you know we'd rather believe somebody who went to college for four years maybe eight years right the PhD takes like eight years right right you have to go through you get your master's first then you go through your PhD it takes at least eight years right or can you get your PhD in four? You have to go through a few different, or even longer than eight years? Huh. You can take your mask off, then I can hear you. So you may not even, you may take a lot longer. But it definitely doesn't take 4,300,000,000 years. Which is what we're talking about here. The experience. Just think of the experience that Lord Brahma has just from one day of his life. We're like, oh, we're so experienced because I'm 64 years old. Ha ha. Look at this. 4 billion so we're getting the experience of these ancient, ancient personalities, these eternal personalities in the Srimad Bhagavatam. We're not limiting ourselves to the modern scientific theory of everything. We're like, okay, you know, they may have, they may get some things right. And it's wonderful that they have such powerful brains and such great merit. But it, in the end of the day, when they leave their bodies, where are they going to take birth again? Because everybody has to die. So Lord Brahma's day is death, and not even death, just his day. He goes to sleep for some, till Mahavishnu exhales again, right? Mahavishnu inhales, and that's when everything's wound in, and then when he exhales, it's all created again. So Lord Brahma's only, his life is only a breath. of Mahavishnu. He, all the universes in Yoga Nidra, he's like, however long that takes, all the universes go out and then they come back in. 
this this is much more attractive to me than than some explosion that happened out in the middle of nowhere where they don't know where the explosive ingredients came from or any of the stuff that's part of the that exploded they can't explain where all that stuff came from or when that was created they just know there was some explosion and all of a sudden you know the universe was created so go take all the building materials for your home and your apartment and your capital building and get some dynamite and blow it up and watch it turn into something creative something really cool no it's going to just turn into a bunch of broken up blown up stuff <laughs> there's no order from explosion there's disorder right when they drop bombs on cities does it recreate the city into a beautiful spectacular view no it destroys it and kills all kinds of people and stuff so just the idea that something exploded and all this beautiful order came out of it, it's like, or even just whatever. It's like, you know, no, that's not the way explosions happen, right? Everybody ever seen an explosion? You know, we got to see a little bit of an explosion, unfortunately, when that those cars all collided during the freeze, 130 car pullers, like a lot of explosions, you know? It destroyed things. So we're being taught by people that want to make us think that they know way more than we do because they've been educated in the university. But here is the Srimad Bhagavatam. This has all education. This is the king of education. Krishna says that about the ninth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita. Raja vidya raja guyam pavitram idam uttamam. How to see Krishna in everything. That's what we want to learn. We want to learn how to see Krishna everywhere. Because Krishna is everywhere, and the only problem is we're in ignorance and we can't see Him. So we want to be enlightened so we can see God everywhere. And then when you see God everywhere, then you begin to feel God's presence, and you begin to feel very happy. Whereas the material world doesn't produce any happiness. It only produces distress. Old age, ultimately... <clears throat> you may do so many wonderful things when you're young. But when you get old, you're like, oh no. That stuff, you can't do it anymore. So then you realize, wow. You know, I did so many things, but right now, what was the value of all that? Was there any value to it at all? Of course, if we're doing service, then there's plenty of value to it. But otherwise, if we're just trying to enjoy the senses of our body and our minds, then practically speaking, there wasn't much value in it. Unless it somehow helped us pr promote us to a better life in the next life. Or, as Krishna says, Jan Makarma Chamedivyam. If you want, if you think of me at the time of death, then you can go there. You can come to me. You can go to the spiritual world. So, the Srimad Bhagavatam is meant for expanding our, our horizons, expanding our vision. Just like this verse. Here's the Lord breathing in and Narada Muni comes in and he comes out. And then when he's out, he travels around singing the glories of the Lord with his beautiful vena. He's constantly just in transcendental ecstasy. When Narada Muni smiles... The effulgence from his teeth light up the sky. 
Like if there's clouds and he smiles, there's a description in Nectar Devotion. The effulgence that comes out of his teeth lights everything up. And his hair is singing Hare Krishna. He doesn't have a material body. Prabhupada also was, somebody was coming to see Prabhupada, I think it was in Bombay. Huh? Bombay, and some man was questioning Prabhupada about managing ISKCON and how that was materialistic. And Prabhupada was, was like, no, it's not materialistic, it's devotional service, because this is a preaching movement. And he came and had the man, this is one of the stories from the disciples, he came and had the man come to his back and listen to his back, and the holy name was coming out of his body. Transcendental Hare Krishna mantra was coming out of Prabhupada's body in this beautiful way. So the, the pure devotees, they don't, you know, they're the ones that can actually see. We're not, we don't have the capacity to really see much. Our senses are so imperfect and they're so limited that we're restricted into such an extent. So that's why it's described that, that we can't really come up with very much information that's per, and perfection, forget about that, but information at all because our minds and senses are so limited. But the pride of the living entity, thinking that we're God, thinking that we're independent, we're God, that pride allows us to boast all these big theories and all these big things without taking into account that we're going to be dead soon. So, the Srimad Bhagavatam is meant to help us become humble and to realize that we're not God and we're not the most intelligent person in Dallas. Turn that off, please. Thanks. We're, we're meant to become humble. Hum, humility, Krishna describes, is the first item of knowledge. Without being humble, we can't learn anything properly. If we're full of pride, then all we do is suffer. I know this man, he's got like three PhDs or two PhDs and five degrees. And uh, he's miserable. Because he can't get a job. This is years ago I met this person. And he's so brilliant, but very proud. But he was miserable because he was blaming everybody else for not being able, blaming America and blaming everybody for not being able to give him a job. Because he was so qualified, why couldn't he get a job? So our pride makes us sick in so many different ways. It causes us to be offensive to other living entities. It's really unhealthy. So Narada Muni is one of the, is the humble servant of the Lord. Srila Prabhupada is a humble servant of the Lord. The devotees who become humble servants of the, of the Vaishnavas and of the Lord, this is our goal, is to become the humble servant. And Prabhupada, in his humility of being a servant of the Lord, he, he described that Krishna 
spent more time killing the demons than he did in saving the devotees when after he left Vrindavan. Even in Vrindavan, he spent a lot of time killing demons. But he spent so much time killing demons, so Prabhupada said, so we have to dedicate some time to fighting against these atheists to prove that they're wrong, to prove that God, that Krishna is the supreme personality of Godhead. He said, we have to spend some significant funds and facility to fight against these atheistic scientists and these atheists who are polluting the, everybody's intelligence in this material world, making them think there's no God. They can do whatever they want. So this is kind of like that, you know. This is like in your face. Okay, Brahma is like 4,320,000,000 years and Narada Muni comes out of his beautiful transcendental body with Brahma and all the other sages and, you know... I'd, we'd much rather learn how to trust these great Acharyas and Srila Vyasadeva, who is an incarnation of Krishna. We'd much rather learn how to trust them and take this as literary truth versus some guys who are working for fame and pride and money and political control. That's what they're working for. Oh no, they're educators. Yeah, take their money away and tell me how long they're going to teach you for. They'll find some job somewhere and won't be teaching. Look at all the countries around the world that have been destroyed. All these brilliant people come to America. They've been educators and doctors, but because they don't have the American certificates, they can't get the jobs like that here. That's what happens. So, you know, the pride is there. There's a lot of pride in the material world. So the first thing is to learn how to accept that we're not this body and that we're the eternal servants of the Lord. And since I didn't really prepare for the class, I'm just kind of going on, but <laughs> this is kind of, you know, what I'm getting a little bit, probably didn't mention that about the scientists here in this verse or anything like that, but he mentions it a lot uh, all over. And during his morning walks, when he was with Swarup Damodar and the different devotees in Los Angeles, he would have these conversations to train the devotees how to see and how to think, how to accept Krishna, and how, 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 how wrong and how how wrong speculation is with the scientists and how wrong all the different conclusions and if we build our existence on that scientific stuff and we're Krishna conscious you know you can still go along with that a little bit you know and, and still be Krishna conscious but you may not believe in the words of Srimad Bhagavatam you may not believe in the words of Bhagavad Gita we may only want to believe the materialistic authorities who have their great brains and who have big positions in uh, these big, big materialistic universities and accept them because they're the accepted people on the planet. But here in the universe, they're not accepted. They're not accepted universally as authorities, these PhDs. They're not even accepted in any other countries, practically. 
the proud scholars that we have in America. You go to other countries, they don't care about the PhDs here in America. Right? They care about, you know, the big rich people. Those are recognized, but the big scholars, only in a few fields like medicine and biology and, <clears throat> you know, those are, those are, there's some, some awards there. But as we saw, Prabhupada gave so much importance to the, our scientists, the Bhaktivedanta Institute, and trying to have them, I mean, what was that, Mishra? What was that thing that Hamsadutta did? He challenged some scientists and said the chicken's a better scientist because at least it creates an egg or something. It can actually create something. That was from Hamsadutta, right? You remember that? Got it from Prabhupada. But he repeated it. Yeah, Prabhupada said that with all the ingredients available that you think you know how things are created from, you can't create anything. You can't create a blade of grass. You can't create even a mosquito. And then Prabhupada said, the chicken's even better because it can create an egg which has a chicken inside of it. So, you know, we may be professionals and we may have this and that about us and our degrees and everything like that. And we may be insulted by what I'm saying, but here in the Srimad Bhagavatam is the actual big picture of how the Lord creates everything in great detail. If you read the Bhagavatam, then you'll see how much detail you get. And there's more detail even that's in the Bhagavatam. The Bhagavatam has so much detail. Is there any questions or comments? Yeah, I mean, like I say, you know, some things like <clears throat> Prophet said medicine was advanced. You know, there's some things that definitely the scientists or the doctors have discovered. Like now they have a vaccine for this disease, which they hope will stop the disease. So people, our society's set up to where these people are the authorities. And they've taken God out of, they've separated church and state. They've separated God consciousness from the management. So naturally people are going to accept whatever the government is telling them to do. And whatever the government is saying what is acceptable to do. But this is only, how old is this country? And how old is this science? It's only, you know... A few hundred years old. Right? Even before Lord Chaitanya, there wasn't really any big scientists. Right? So it's not even 500 years old, really. Right? These big scientists, these PhDs and all this stuff, it's really, really just so young. It hasn't been around long at all. When you compare it to Lord Brahma's one day of 300 or 4,300,000,000 years. You know, so we have to... It's difficult because most people don't have authorities that they get enough information from that 
they feel like they can trust. Like so many people reject Christianity because it can't answer their questions. Or the Catholic Church, so many devotees were Catholics and they were like, you know, the, what's his name, Abhiram, his wife, Shruti Rupa, she was a Catholic. And they, were all, they always had this big question about, really the Catholics say the animals have no life, but they, they grew up with pets and they know that they're alive and, and they just didn't like that answer. So Prabhupada said, no, all living entities have life. We're all spirit souls and different species of life. And he was like, wow, finally somebody knows what's going on. So even though, you know, the society is being run in such a way that we're not, you know, Vedic information is definitely not an authority. We've discovered that because we found Prabhupada's books by Krishna's arrangement. So that's why Prabhupada, that's why Bhakti Siddhanta and Bhakti Vinod Thakur and Naratam Das Thakur and Lord Chaitanya and the Six Goswamis all wrote lots of books. Prabhupada was given the order by his guru to distribute as many books as possible in as many languages as possible. Why? So that people can get the answers finally and then begin to accept the Vedic truths out of the Bhagavatam. So that's why the Bhaktivedanta Institute is so important to establish in that scientific realm, in the mathematic realm, in the different realms of of higher education, so-called higher education, that they get exposed to this truth from the Vedas. Because all this other stuff's relative truth. It's not absolute truth. The medicine, the technology, you can live without all that stuff. You know, Krishna says, I'm the healing herb. You go to all these ancient cultures. The Chinese medicine came from the Ayurveda. You know, Ayurvedic medicine, people live simple and they, they take natural remedies. And you can live like that. Millions and trillions of people for billions of years have lived like that. Now all of a sudden we got the AMA and we have to all of a sudden follow their way of doing everything. And it's like, you know, give us a break, all right? You guys are new on the block. You know, you're in control because you got money. But, you know, it's not, you're not the absolute truth. You're relative truth. It's relative. So relative stuff in the material world's cool. You can, you know, you can utilize relative truths, right? We're using a microphone. It's relative truth. It's, a, it's an application of something you can use. We're not saying don't use what's out there, but we're saying don't neglect and understand what the absolute truth is. Don't get completely caught up in the relative truths so that you don't understand what the, rel the absolute truth is. There's a distinction. One is only relevant to the material world, and the other one is relevant to the eternal spiritual world. Even the whole theory of creation, who cares? But who, you know, learn about who created it and who's the owner and controller of it. Ishavashamidam Saravam Yat Jagat Jam Jagat. We have to become, we have to transcend relative truths in order to become happy. Because relative truth always changes with the changing of the Kali Yuga. Now we have so many things we didn't have when we were kids. And there's going to be more changes and more interesting or uninteresting or completely useless things that come out that we don't need. 
because Kali Yuga is progressing, so we're all going to get caught up in the next new thing. The best phone, the best computer. Remember, it was the best computer for a long time. Now it's the best phones. Right? So what's going to be the next thing? There's going to be some next thing. But it's all relative. It's not... Our lives don't depend on that stuff. So Prabhupada wanted us to understand the absolute truth. Relative truths, you know, okay. So you love your scientists. You love the theories. Yeah, but that's not going to get you, that's not going to really give you any kind of spiritual inspiration. It's relative truth. Okay, cool. We may not agree with your relative truth, but you should agree with our spiritual truth because you don't have any spiritual truth. It's really difficult to find somebody who really has significant spiritual truth in this society that gives them a higher taste and gives them an understanding of who God is. It's very difficult to find that. There's a lot of relatively spiritual religions that have some truths, right? And that's inspiring, and people are getting so inspired by that. You know, accepting God as the supreme being, accepting Jesus, you know, people are... There's very enthusiastic people in all these different spiritual traditions or faiths or whatever you want to call them. But to understand what is the eternal truth and the eternal nature of the soul and the eternal nature of God and devotional service, that's something a little higher and more satisfying for those who need, those who are looking for more. Some people don't look for more, so that's cool. They can stay where they're at. Why not, right? But there are a lot of people who want to know more, so we have to make this information available. That's the point. That's why Narada Muni is still in the material creation with these rishis, and that's why the Parampara system is there, and that's why Brahma is constantly chanting the Vedic hymns to try to enlighten this creation. So as servants of Narada Muni and servants of Prabhupada, servants of Krishna, Lord Brahma, this is, you know, these, this book distribution is so powerful. To give out this knowledge is so, and you know, Krishna will arrange for the right person to get it. I want to stop now because we don't want to miss Prashadam. Because Mahahari cooked. Atri, Atri, uh, talking about Marichi, Angira, Atri. That's what you're asking about? Those Rishis? Yeah, there's a certain part of the Bhagavatam, also in the first canto, that describes all these Rishis. Is it Mishra? Is that when they all came to hear Bhagavatam? Is that why that's described in the earlier part in the in the one two or one three? Is that what it is? When they're all coming to uh, hear the Bhagavatam, all the rishis are described, and there's also descriptions of them. Yeah, there's descriptions of the sages too. So I don't know all these different sages off the top of my head, the history of them, but you can look it up in the first canto of the Bhagavatam, and it will describe who they are and a little bit about them. Please forgive me if I offended anybody by not supporting our scientists in this class. But 
It's our duty to hear Srimad Bhagavatam and to uh, make a revolution in the impious lives of the misdirected society according to the Bhagavatam. This is a verse I'm quoting from the Srimad Bhagavatam. To Prabhupada tried to create a little revolution in society to make people aware of higher truths instead of just relative truths so that people could actually take and you know understand what devotional service is to some level and take it up Shivan Bhagavatam ki jai Srila Prabhupada ki jai Shishi Radhakalachanji ki jai Hare Krishna Prabhupada said they're creating a few a small amount of water in test tubes. He said we he said we create more water just by passing urine. So what is their credit? They can create a test tube of water.